Does everybody know what time it is? Time to hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> That's right. It's grunt work. And Halloween. Ooh. I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand running through the streets of Soho in the rain, but he didn't seem too upset about it because he was listening to Grunt Work, the all-inclusive podcast about the TV series Home Improvement. I'm your host, Truman, the first one to die caps, and with me as always is my co-host, Landon, the comic relief who gets killed in the second act, Solano. <laughs> oh man, how you doing, Truman? I'm doing well. If I recall, Landon, you were in a horror movie and you did die in the horror movie. <laughs> uh, I did. I was the comedic relief. Um... Second act? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying second to think axed. if I was... I wasn't the first to die, um, because I think this is not words I would use. I'm just going off of the archetypes of the horror films. But sure, you're the, forgiven. The slut is always the first to die. And you are a classic slut. <laughs> I mean, in certain ways, certainly. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like to think that I'm not the comedic relief who dies in the second act. Mm -hmm. This is just my personal view of myself. Well, well yeah, who's in the, that, yeah, who's the I'm, you want to be? I'm, I'm like, I, I might be the comedic relief, but I'm the comedic relief who ends up being the martyr. Oh, that's, you're the one who... I'm, maybe I die in the second act, or you think I do, but I come back to save the final girl, or to, to take that final bullet for the final girl, yeah. so that she can go off and kill the monster at the end. But maybe she, like, as you're there dying, like, you make some, you make some cool-ass remark... That is probably a reference to a movie from the 80s, because I think that's the kind of character you'd be. As you, like, knock out the second best bad guy to free her up to go kill the last one, but then as you're lying there dying, you make, like, one other kind of, like, blood is coming out of your mouth, and you say one other thing, like, guess it's a cleanup on aisle six, or some joke, and she, like, kisses you on the forehead or something, and... That such a yeah. Well, I guess if you're if you're staying with those uh, archetypes, you know you've got the the Madonna and the whore. Uh, the final girl is always the the Madonna mother character. Yeah, I, a kiss on the forehead would would be yeah. appropriate. Anything more would make her a whore. <laughs> and it rhymes, so you can remember. <laughs> oh man, that is that is my favorite nursery rhyme. Anything more would make her a whore. Uh, um, Landon. Uh, we could talk about what characters would be in a oh. serial killer movie all yeah, day. We could, and I would love to. Yes, but instead, we are entering uh, the the summer months of uh, our podcast recording. Oh yes, and uh, as listeners, longtime listeners will know, um, it becomes very warm in this uh, this place. It gets steamy, and uh, we will be sweating and and. Perhaps going a little delirious. And this is not a gag no. for our Halloween episode. No, we no. may lose our minds. Yeah. You, you guys, listen very closely to this. This is this is going to turn into Event Horizon, maybe, by the end of the episode. I, I don't know. It's 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 pretty bad. It's, uh, Dibs on it, Lawrence Fishburne, because I don't want to go full, scarred, skinless Sam Neill. Okay, well, that kind of that doesn't leave me a whole lot of options, man. Uh, um, I mean, I, well, I'm the first one to die, so I guess that's who I'll be. Hey, there you go. Although right now, it's more like body heat, given how much sweating is going on <laughs> anyway we watched some home improvement today we got a yeah, lot of did. business up front too, we do though, have a I lot guess. of business up yeah. front. let's start with some shameless self-promotion absolutely um in this crazy world that uh well, you're, we you're starting from from 10 billion feet aren't you <laughs> just going back okay folks the earth formed big gobs of magma hardened into continents and somehow this progressed into people doing podcasts for entertainment and um, 
there are podcast awards now that award podcasts for being a category. I, I think, I, yeah, I think they understand the basic. <laughs> when you say podcast awards, yeah. I think they can do the math. Uh, I'm trying to be humble about this, but okay. maybe maybe it's the wrong approach. Uh, Listen, guys, we uh, you can vote to nominate us for a podcast award. Don't you want that? Uh, I want that. I do too. Um, and uh, it's very very easy to do. You could do it in under a minute. Um, time yourself. You can go to the <laughs> go to the uh, podcastawards.com and you sign up. Again, it takes under a minute, the whole process. And you can choose us from, uh, there's a bunch of different categories. Choose us from the TV and film as well as the People's Choice and click Save Your Nominations. And that's it. Uh, you will go a long way to get us in front of many, many ears uh, and new new listeners. So we have a lot of friends uh, that are nominated in other categories. Uh, Wargaming Recon is in the, the um, games and hobbies section. So check them out. Uh, long time, very OG listener, uh, Jonathan Reinhardt. Uh, the oest of G's. <laughs> the oest of G's um, runs that thing. So uh, look for your favorite podcast, uh, vote for them, click save nominations, and uh, you've done yourself a vote. And <laughs> <laughs> then you've done a democracy. Uh, look for your favorite podcasts, just make sure that your favorite podcast is ours, because first and foremost... Yeah vote for us but we're we are only in the tv and film and the people's choice yes could have submitted us to the comedy as well but i thought you know what why be greedy hey you know what let's (laughs) let's just we're 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 focused on tv yeah and let's i mean there's a lot of other stuff around it but tv is the main course we got to be the big fish in a small pool rather than the small fish in a small pool you know what What? let's that wasn't right i think that no i think that already (laughs) the heat is setting in Look, here's, here's what I'm saying. Here's, look, this is the main thing to explain why we're in the TV category, and then we will move on. Yes, our show has many things, but you go to a steakhouse, and yeah, they've got salads, they've got baked potatoes, hmm. they've got mashed potatoes, maybe they got fries. Uh, 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 maybe you can get like a, a, like an Oscar-type like uh, seafood side dish. There's a lot of other things, but they call it a steakhouse because that's the main event. The main event here is a TV show, Home Improvement. Thank you, Joe Morton. The beef guy from the so-so evening. Hey, you know, I think I've really, I've really mellowed my sales pitch a lot. Maybe, maybe it's that I've sweated out twenty percent of my body weight already, and we haven't even started talking about the show yet. Oh God! Uh, so again, that's uh, podcastawards.com. Uh, you can also follow Podcast Awards at Podcast Awards um, hashtag PCA eighteen. So uh, do all of that. Really help get us out. Uh, we would really appreciate it. And. Um, you can vote, I think, through the end of July, and we'll be reminding you on Twitter and other places as well. So, thanks in advance, and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna do our best to earn your nomination, eh? Yeah, that's the, <laughs> what is that Canadian George W. Bush? What even is I don't that? Know what that was? Why, uh, that... It's a new character. Why does it have to be somebody? <laughs> Why do I have to be somebody? <laughs> oh, that was that like sort of an, an Italian-y Canadian George W. Bush? <laughs> hey, I'm walking here in Toronto. Hey, Bush Doctrine. Hey, Iraq. <laughs> Hey, mission accomplished. <laughs> oh man, maybe we should maybe we should only make podcasts in the summer when we get this kind of crazy <laughs> cocaine energy. Um, okay, uh, and with that, let's we watched an episode. Uh, yes, once again we did of Home Improvement. Yes, again we are doing so well at always getting the same show um, as though we're trying. Okay, well, give us a synopsis, Landon. Get us started. Ooh. Ooh. I'm just creating atmosphere oh, here. Oh, yes, yes. It's Halloween again. And as tradition would have it, the Taylors are hosting their annual costume party. Things are all spoofs and goofs <laughs> until Tim receives a letter from an obsessed fan named Rose. 
initially boastful of this. Uh, he then learns the dangers that such a fan poses after Wilson suggests uh, possible mental instability. This ignites Tim's paranoia as the messages from Rose increase in frequency and intent. Uh, with the claim that she'll be at his party, Tim aptly freaks out. <laughs> Put a little English on that, that one. Was the- <laughs> Freak out. That was my Nick Cage impression without doing my Nick Cage voice. But he did He did the hands, just the hand movement he did, the kind of Nicolas Cage jazz hands. It really sells it. <laughs> Uh, so that's the the thrust of this uh, singularly focused episode. It is it is all a plot. It is <laughs> a plus. Uh, How'd you feel about this episode? Well, first of all, I always we always skip this part. Yes, uh, and now we're coming back. We're gonna get it right. Yeah. one day. What do you think the name of this episode is? I got a bunch of options. Oh, great. Okay, don't look, Al. <laughs> the Alxorcist. Ooh. So I married an Al murderer. Halloween, ah. Nightmare on Alm Street, or High Day the 13th. Ooh, eh, I like that last one. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Eh? Uh? Um, I, I, get the, I get the sense that you wrote the Al puns before realizing it was not an Al episode? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wrote the, I wrote the puns basically because it turns, I mean, spoiler alert, it's Al in the end. <laughs> so that was my reasoning. Well, it's everybody in the end. Yeah, well, true. Everyone's in on it, but Al yeah. is the one. Oh, that's the, fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, um, Don't is... make me defend my shit, man. Just tell me if it's right or not. <laughs> this heat is turning us against it each other. It is not. It is called Crazy For You. Crazy For You. I mean, it's not even just really... Like Patsy Klein. It's not even really Halloween. Yeah, I get it. It's a song, but like, it's just not really Halloween-themed. Well, Obsessed Phantom Crazy Yeah, but it's, for a, ha- you. It, but, but it's a Halloween episode. Like, come on, guys. Work on two but levels. Crazy. I guess, but it's a, it's like crazy. Cra- oh, I think I'm getting it now. What you're saying is, it's like crazy. It's crazy, man. Crazy. Okay. All right. I, I then I, I'd, I'd say you're crazy. Unlike this bit, how did you feel about this episode? Uh, I felt uh, much like this bit. I feel like this episode was so so. Uh, I think that um, y- you know. This is the, this is yet another episode. I think we experienced this with the Halloween episode. This is a scaled up version yeah. of last season's Halloween episode, where the rest of the plot <clears throat> is kind of just a series of of previews for a big, splashy, high budget end scene at a yeah. Halloween party. Uh, except last time it was just like, oh, let's go in the basement. We'll have one camera set up where spooky <laughs> stuff happens. And this one is a series of like Boogie Nights style single camera. <laughs> Tracking through the entire yeah. house, following people around. Steady cam, just like following. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there, yeah. Seventies music is playing, and everybody's <laughs> everybody's drinking. Uh, it's so this one. I mean, I thought it was very interesting, just in in terms of how big it was. Like, yeah. This is the most cartoony and wacky, zany '90s episode of the season, and I don't want to say it's the the most of the series so far, but it it, it reminds me very much of Flying Saucers. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I I thought yeah, I mean, it was enjoyable in terms of we're watching all the episodes. This was good fun. Like yeah. they, it wasn't a solid episode, but they all had a good time making. Yeah, it. there's it's there's not a lot to criticize. Yeah. I feel like I mean, yeah. it doesn't quite land as hard. I mean, the Halloween episodes are inherently going to be compared to one another. Sure. And like, I personally liked the episode of Haunting of a Taylor House mm-hmm. uh, better, but I like the direction of this one and the energy and the tone that this one set a little bit better. Yeah. Um, just the the story of Brad and Jenny and uh, I can't remember Ryder Strong's uh, character name in that. James? But, 
James? James? I don't think it was James, but... Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever his name was. You remembered the actor's name, which is impressive. <laughs> Although, also, when it's Ryder Strong, how yeah. do you not? Um, so, but I, I thought this was an adequate episode. It, uh, I think it was a... It, it lives above the first two episodes of the season for me. Yeah. Um, it's just not a lot to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's... It is the template home improvement episode with a fancy ending stapled on and, <laughs> and none the of the subplot taken out yeah the subplot taken out and nothing is like there's there's a you know patented unrelated tool time segment but uh this one is not particularly funny or anything like right. that so you know let's just wrap the podcast up now see you later folks <laughs> um so yeah so do you want to just, just like just jump into this like a bucket of blood like a bordello of blood? Do you want to go bobbing for apples in this episode? Uh, as long as I'm not bobbing for apples in a bucket of blood, I'm totally in. I would love to bob for apples in some ice-cold water right about now. <laughs> I don't even like apples. I would just stick my head in there. There you go. Uh, let's do it, man. Let's drive the car down the road toward the big Le- sign that says, Now entering the episode. <laughs> Did I save it? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, guys, I, I thought we would be dumber later. Um, okay, so this episode begins with the kids eagerly and conspiratorially stuffing things into their mouths yeah. and running over to the kitchen as mom walks in. And uh, she comes in and they all walk up to her and go, oh, mom, our mouths kind of hurt. And then they all chew on the blood packets inside them and blood starts dribbling out of their mouths we didn't the see that they were blood packets i'm pretty convinced that they were all tiny mice that mm. randy had stolen and killed and given to everyone well okay so randy's a psychopath <laughs> for killing the mice but all three of them then are psychopaths for putting them in their mouths. well you <laughs> you yourself has said that uh mark and brad are pretty dumb Yes, that, that is true well yeah mark will do anything and brad <laughs> is just dumb like Randy probably told Brad, like, oh, no, 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 no. it's not a real mouse. It's it's full of jam. And, and and you know, he's standing there going, like, this is the saltiest, copperiest tasting jam I've ever had. This is a little early for a tangent, but okay. in high school, I knew a kid. Uh, I wasn't privy for the event, but it was pretty notorious that... This is, must be quite an event based uh, on the context. They would always try to get this kid to eat things, and I oh, feel no. bad even relating this story because it's you know it's bullying is, is this but, a secret by any chance no it's not it's not a secret but um they had given a kid a a gobstopper oh no uh to put in his mouth and it turned out to be a paintball <laughs> oh god what this is a random question but what color of paintball was i it? i don't know i wasn't That's there for that pretty I mean, on the one hand, bullying is bad and is, uh, you know, fuck those guys. But on the other hand, solid prank. I would (laughs) love that Yeah, I mean, where's the line drawn between a a lighthearted, or not lighthearted, you know, just a a prank between, you know, to build camaraderie and bullying? I mean, they genuinely liked this guy and it was just like a a thing. It wasn't like we're going to pick on the loser. It was, you know. They also got him to eat a piece of red tape telling him it was a fruit roll. (laughs) What? What? Okay, I think at this point, this, this was this guy's name Mark Taylor by any chance? <laughs> it was not, but I'm not going to say his name on air just to... Uh, Did he swallow a tadpole? <laughs> he might have. Oh, God. Um, but, okay, so the, the point is the boys are bleeding. Maybe yeah. it's paintballs they chewed up, but they're bleeding out red onto the, onto, the, uh, onto the counter. Yep. And Jill goes, oh, see what happens when you don't floss? <laughs> Solid joke. I like that one a lot. It's really good. Her deadpan responses yeah. to the boys are always great. <laughs> and then Tim comes in with a bunch of boxes, and mm-hmm. then 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Grunt Creep, like, drops out of one of the boxes wearing a jack-o'-lantern costume? Uh, I don't know if it was ja- it was orange lettering, but he had a, a little face mask on. So, like, over the home part, it was just like a masquerade mask. Uh, and then Tim kills him again. Yes. I mean, <laughs> which is such a shame, because the Grunt Creep was so excited for Halloween. How many other show, uh, show titles get to dress up for the holidays? Not very many. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... So, yeah, he gets squished underneath all these boxes Tim is setting down. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're going through all of the things that Tim has bought, all the decorations that they've they've got for the party. Yeah. Which, based on how blinged out the house is at the end, I don't know if this is a realistic amount of supplies that he's got with him. <laughs> he's got more in the car, maybe. I guess. And I Marie guess. brings him over later, so. True, true. Also, So, yeah, because I guess the whole neighborhood is just chipping in all of their resources <laughs> and time to make one Halloween party good. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Randy has decided to clean up the blood on the counter, yeah. and he does a very bad job of it. He just leaves the large... I mean, if anyone in the household is going to know how to clean blood, <laughs> he just does a very lazy job of it. And, you know, he doesn't use some dinner rolls to mop up the blood. He just uses <laughs> paper towels. Randy, come on. Callbacks, folks. Randy, come on. You know you know that's not right. Yeah. Um, but in all of the decorations that they have bought for this, uh, for this party... There are no rubber guts. Which which Randy is very upset about. How can we have a Halloween party without rubber guts, Randy said. You'd think that he'd be excited to go, oh, I know where I can get some really realistic looking ones. Oh, dang, no rubber guts. Oops, found found this shoebox full of them. Wow, they're drippy. <laughs> um, but then, then, uh, you know, it's, it's a classic, it's a classic all is lost moment. You're like, how is this going to proceed without the rubber guts? Jill opens the silverware drawer and pulls out a bunch of rubber guts. (laughs) That she got from the Rubber Guts catalog, which I have to ask, maybe it's a subsidiary of Inside Detroit. Yeah, well, yeah, Inside (laughs) Residents of Detroit are guts. (laughs) These are some replicas of what they look like. Every, Every week, Inside Detroit guts, inside, Inside Detroit colon guts, and when I say colon, I don't mean the colon that is a part of your guts. I mean, like, the grammatical... Uh, you, you get me. You get me, folks. Yeah. But they do a profile of a different person in Detroit, and then they kind of talk about their guts. And, like, here's what their cholesterol is like. Hey, we did an ultrasound. Here's some imaging of stuff. Oh, my God. And then they give out complimentary, uh, like, replica, like, wax cast replicas oh, of right. uh, people's organs. All right. Are there prostate exams involved in this? <laughs> I think that that's like... I, so think I might go back to Michigan. If you... If if you s- well, well, that would make you go back to Michigan? Well, I'm getting to the age where I need to get it tested, and I've been putting it off, and like the thought of having to pay for it is like, eh, I'll just keep putting it off. But if it was free, it would be harder to say no to. Okay, what if... Okay, okay. Uh, this is not a proposition, but what if it was... I mean, there's plenty of people who will give you a free prostate exam <laughs> who may or may not be doctors, is what I'm saying. Uh... Uh, no, I, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to take you to that place. Happy <laughs> Halloween. That's a scary thought. Um, no, I don't. But no, I don't think prostate exams are included. I think you maybe get a discount on one if you subscribe for like 24 months at a certain rate <laughs> okay. with the insert gotcha. card. Yeah, it's like a signing bonus. Yeah, yeah. Either that or a tote bag. Send away three UPCs <laughs> to, to claim your free prostate exam. Exactly. Um, Jill asks uh, if Tim got the cake. Yes. For the party, uh, which was apparently the box that he had brought in and set down and killed the grunt creep with. Yeah, the murder and weapon. as she's walking over to the box, the first thing that pops in my head, the end of seven. <laughs> What's in the box? Spoiler alert, yeah. What's in the box? What's in the box is all I'm thinking, just as a joke to myself. Sure. And then she opens it, and what what is in the box? Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> head <laughs> pops out. 
and starts giving you a lot of really totally unrealistic recommendations about how to live your life in a naturalistic fashion. Um, oh, I love Seven. It's Wasn't a, Christopher Plummer so good in that movie? Oh man, he was he was amazing. I'm so glad. You know, you never picture him being the guy who'd force a dude to wear a spiked dildo and fuck a prostitute to death with it. But that's the range of, yeah. of character that he's got. That I, I you know. I don't think there's a, a an easy way to talk about Seven without it going extremely dark immediately. Yeah, well, both because <laughs> both because it's an almost comically dark movie, and then also because of the darkness of the guy uh, who was stunt cast in it. Yes, um, we we have spent a lot of time on this cold open that doesn't do a whole lot. Well, we're for the episode Seven is kind of a Halloweeny-ish horror. No, movie. it totally is. We're, we're, this is going to be a long episode. Sorry, but folks. this goes into our theme song. Yes. <laughs> oh, right. Do 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 do. Nope, that's the Tool Time song. Yeah, the different different theme song. The, yeah. And the transition that gets us into this is a bunch of transition ghosts flying. Oh yeah, out that of the was bo- creepy. Yeah, yeah. Transition ghosts fly out of the box alongside the head, the dummy head that pops. Up there, there are a lot of creepy ass transitions in this episode, and I wonder if like maybe we've been wrong about the grunt creep the whole time and he's been holding the demons at bay and now that he's dead killed twice now killed twice now uh maybe he's like a cat and has seven lives I, nine or nine lives? yeah nine well, lives seven now <laughs> yeah uh, fair yeah at this point it's down to if you're keeping a running tally well it did i did note that when the ghosts come out of the box it looks like in ghostbusters when there's that wide <laughs> shot of manhattan and yes. all the ghosts flying out of ghostbusters oh my god yeah they just lifted it the template from that put yeah it in here. pretty much yeah. so so essentially jill is the epa guy uh, <laughs> all right we, we get to the opening credits she is dickless Oh, Landon. <sighs> okay. Um, Opening credits. Brad Brad stares in our souls and, and Did he get you? He you know what? He took a second and he looked for a very specific secret. Oh no. That fit the theme of the episode. Oh good, good. Well at least it's an appropriate one. <laughs> are are we going to engage in the tradition? So the secret that he stole from me this time uh <laughs> was actually has to do with another sitcom. <laughs> I love this. Is it Cheers? I was being babysat one night, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I can't exactly remember what age. I want to say five. Mm. It could have been ten. Ooh, <laughs> that's a li- that's a wide margin for it error, is. there, old neighbor. I, I I will fully admit I may have been too old to have this reaction, but <clears throat> a babysitter was over, and she loved Empty Nest, <laughs> the the Golden Girls spinoff. Oh uh, yeah. They lived next door to the the Golden Girls. Anyhow, there was an episode, uh, a Halloween episode, I believe. In fact, if anyone out here knows of this episode, I've been looking for it for years. I can't pin down which one it is because Empty Nest isn't widely available to watch. But um, calling all Empty Nest fans, I also don't want to watch the entirety of Empty Nest. I just want to watch this one episode. Uh, So I was a scaredy cat as a kid. As a horror fan now, it's a little weird to think, but I was like petrified of horror films sure and um there's an episode where i believe there's a killer on the loose and they they go full tilt uh killer pov with like you know uh the jalo with the the black hand you know the black gloved hand with the killer and the knife and the yeah going around the set and and you know as if you're looking through the eyes of the killer and uh my babysitter had put this episode on. I was just like, oh, I'm going to watch this, and then we'll watch whatever you want. Care Bears or whatever. As a 10-year-old, who knows? But uh... <laughs> Okay, okay. Well, a lot of, a lot of old people watch uh, My Little Pony now. It was probably just oh, as normal yeah. and totally well-adjusted as that. <laughs> um, anyway, the episode starts, and it starts to get 
really intense and uh as as mo- as a golden girl spinoff halloween episode <laughs> would i'm sure it went full suspiria <laughs> after the first commercial i i had to have been five to ten minutes into this episode and i as the the king of the house because i was an only child and it was my yeah. house and Woo. she was the the babysitter um you're an interloper here <laughs> kind of i mean uh, it's, it's a little bit the mentality i had as a kid um I, as soon as it started to get too intense for me, which was immediately, I turned the station on her and she got so mad and, uh, I told her that my parents wouldn't let me watch it (laughs) and, uh, she never, never babysat me again. Wait, wait, so you, the, the secret is more that I was of terrified and couldn't sleep because of an empty nest episode. I like I like the idea <laughs> I like the idea that this babysitter never came back like, oh god, Landon is just such a terror. I was trying to watch my Golden Girls spin-off and he <laughs> wouldn't let me. That is by far the worst thing a child has ever done. But you got to realize this is at a time when you couldn't immediately watch the episode as it aired. So she had to wait until the oh. summer and hopefully catch a rerun of it oh, in God. order to see her show. You're right, that does raise the stakes for her quite a lot. I guess I would be pissed off about that too. She never <laughs> she never found out who the killer was living <laughs> exactly, next to the Golden yeah. Girls. She had to wait three or four months uh, until July when they were running reruns. Oh man. Well I, you know, I'm glad you could get that off your chest, man. You seem you seem like happier now that it's out in the world and we yeah, can be free about exactly. this. That's good. Um, so that's my secret. Suck it, Brad. Uh, we go from Suck the theme into Tool Time. Oh, yes. And what are they doing on Tool Time? They're doing some side-by-side oak staining. <laughs> uh, which, you know, Tim is... Well, Al is, is showing how to, you know, apply sealant to this block of wood. And Tim is miming like he's falling asleep. Yep. Just because they're doing the thing that the show he gets paid to make is about. It's about, right. Um, It's because he can't more power his way through wood. Well, this is, I was watching it and like, okay, and now Tim is going to show the powerful way to add sealant (laughs) to something. When he doesn't. It would be like a a paint gun or something. Yeah, like a pressure washer filled with sealant. And then he tries to seal that, but he instead seals Al's face or something. (laughs) I'm sure we have that to look forward to at some point. A nice, glossy, smooth Al. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so he he's applying the thing very slowly and then tim's like okay well great thank you for showing that now let's take a look at uh the binford polyurethane uh finish yeah and he walks al over to the tool time desk the counter what do you want to call that i thing? think it's yeah the counter this I has think been three thing. three three seasons of this and we haven't nailed down what that area of tool time's called well, they've nailed plenty of things down on it <laughs> whatever it is it's true the counter where he has three big jars of this polyurethane set up and yeah uh, like paint cans yeah and then Al reaches to open up the polyurethane can and... Uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's head again. Well, <laughs> a head. A head. Pops out. Yeah. Very the, the same head from from the box yeah. that scared Jill. He's getting a lot of use out of it. And and he, Tim, you know, it comes out and scares Al. And then Tim does it repeatedly, uh, you know, because jokes are funnier the more you do them. <laughs> so he keeps doing... And you can yeah. see from the way he's moving that it's clearly rigged up to a pedal underneath the counter. Yeah, right. That pushes... Not only does it push the thing up, but it also cues like a synthesizer chord that's like... <laughs> he, he coordinated that with Klaus. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, he and Klaus are such a well-oiled machine. That, are they one and the same person? Oh, well, then how is he... Is he doing it telepathically then? Like, uh, you can see maybe. Tim's hands. He's not mm. pushing any buttons. I don't know. 
these are all good questions that we need answers to. I agree. We're in agreement. Um, <laughs> this th this prop head that they have is pretty... I mean, the blood dripping from it isn't necessarily gruesome, but, I mean, it's a full-on gunshot to the forehead. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty gory thing. What I'd like to think is that maybe, like, ABC pulled that from, like, the set of some movie where they had, <laughs> you know, it's like some war movie where it's like they didn't need it to be super realistic because it was out of focus in the yeah. background, just like a dead soldier. And This week on One Remembrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the, you know, and then one of those guys gets recast as, uh, <laughs> as a as a head <laughs> there you go i didn't have a better thing to go off of your bit with but i liked it uh i also love al's reaction to being scared i mean it's like a genuine jump yeah you think he didn't know maybe <clears throat> richard karn didn't know it was going to happen right then maybe there was another maybe line. i don't know there's something or i i wouldn't even put it past richard karn to just be that good of an actor i mean he seems the type that knows how to be genuinely startled yes well he or play that at least i mean yeah he sold it for me <laughs> uh but you know at first Al has been the goat, but then it's, uh, well, they go over to talk about the sealant, Tim pranks Al, and then he's like, oh, we got a whole bunch of time left, well, we can either do a pose-off. Yeah. This is the first of two moments in this episode where I question Tim's time management, uh, maybe yeah. he needs to go talk to Wilson about that, uh, yeah. regarding tool time. Yeah, he's like, oh, we got way <clears throat> too many minutes left. But yes, yeah, so we suggest a pose-off, and yeah. starts, like, flexing and doing, like, oh, yes, oh, we are so pretty. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, after this completely unmotivated half-assed joke, he then goes over <laughs> to the mailbag. He has Heidi bring out the mailbag, oh, which, yes. uh, again, they're giving Heidi in five episodes more to do than Pamela Anderson did in two seasons, where they took the mailbag back off the wall and put it back on the the uh, trolley. What do you call it? Yeah, I think that's a trolley or like a cart. The a cart. cart. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> cart. Why couldn't I think of that? I can think. I can think of a hundred two <laughs> reasons, and they're all degrees. <laughs> Uh, so she brings it out and has some lines about, oh, and you got this, uh, this special package as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, there's a red envelope and then also a, a little heart-shaped tin full of cookies with a rose on top. Yep. And Tim reads it and it turns out, oh, it's from a secret admirer, Rose. <laughs> and he starts to throw this in Al's face. And then he says, uh, Al, I see that you don't have any mail or something like that. Yeah. And Al's like, oh, well... Actually, boys. Yeah. Boys. <laughs> oh, boys. And uh, all of a sudden, they just start wheeling out mail, uh, wheelbarrows full of uh, of mail. Yeah, like Heidi comes out with a wheelbarrow full of fan mail, and then Tim goes, yeah, well, but they didn't send you cookies. And then that's when he says, <laughs> oh, boys, and oh, yeah. two wheelbarrows full of cookies. Yeah. All sent in the same tins. So I would posit <laughs> that the Al Pals have a system set up where they all get together at someone's house, maybe the sick guy's house. They all bake cookies together and then put them in the same tins so they're color-coordinated because like yeah. they know that Al would like that. Absolutely, yeah. There's organization. There's uh, consistency. Yeah. yeah. Al is very anal retentive. He's anal retentive, <laughs> if you will. I am 100% uh, on board for giving... Al Pell's the credit for this. Yeah, I think so too. It's just, it's a very, it's a well-established <laughs> network. It's like church. Uh, and before we leave the tool time scene, uh, because we, oh, well, I mean, we'll just reemphasize that this letter that he gets from Rose is like the thing that kind of makes him prideful and boastful that he has mm. his fan. Yeah. Um, but before we leave the tool time scene, I do have to point out, oh, for God's sake, dude, <laughs> the calendar's back. Oh, good. There's something funky about it. Oh, there's something funky about it. There is. Is it 70s themed? The model in the picture, has her face obscured. What? Like, Almost what? like she's wearing some sort of, like, it looks like a Daft Punk visor. Oh, that's kind of... But it, I think that it's just, like, tape that they put over the model's face. 
Wait, so, oh, so it looks like, so it's tape that at a distance looks like a Daft Punk Yes, helmet. yes. I prefer to believe that it's just like the women <laughs> of Daft Punk many years before there was Daft Punk. I love it. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, I, I, I do think, I, I know I'm harping on this every episode, but I think there's something weird going on with this calendar. I mean, it's not going to come into fruition in terms of the narrative of the show, but I think something with Debbie Dunning and the model contracts copyright something's going on with it i'm gonna i'm gonna find out yeah copyright synergy uh agreements <laughs> something like that simpatico i think uh this might just be the sweat lodge talking but your devotion to keeping an eye on the calendar reminds me of the night watch in game of thrones just like you know and so my watch continues you're just up there uh you know living in the cold maintaining a vow of celibacy keeping an eye on that calendar i mean my eye can't waver anywhere else if i'm that celibate so yes certainly certainly you're <laughs> um we go back home and uh, via a weird ass pumpkin transition oh my god yeah not as weird as jill or uh, tim turning into a pumpkin <laughs> at the beginning of last season true true there have uh, been worse things uh last season's episode i should say um but Jill and Marie, we get another appearance of Marie. Yeah. Who, Hooray. And, and one of the first things she says is that Joe is out of town, most likely <laughs> off off on a cattle run One somewhere. of those beef conferences that oh, I man. hear all about. Beef con. That is, uh, <laughs> oof. It, oh, you know what? It is uh, getting near wintertime in Home Improvement Land, so maybe he's prepping all these cow traps for the uh, the roads where they get frozen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> where he gets his beef. That's that's right. Yeah, it's so it's basically roadkill. Would be roadkill is his <laughs> yeah, secret. Exactly. Uh, okay, don't buy from Morton's. <laughs> only buy their salt. Only, not their yeah, only their salt. Yeah. Um. So they're cleaning out pumpkins and uh, they're just going back and forth. What do they got to uh, say? Yeah, I mean, well, Tim Tim comes in and he, uh, yeah, he talks about how he's oh you know I've got this this secret admirer. Yeah, he she brags sent me a little this, bit to them. Yeah, she sent me this box of of, uh, of cookies or whatever yeah. or this tin of cookies and. Jill doesn't buy it at all. She's yeah. like, oh, oh no, Tim, if I'm going to open that and these snakes or worms or something are going to fly out at yeah. me. And um, I also want to say, in this moment, Marie fully assumes the role of Karen. To to completely. Because she, she and Jill kind of team up and start throwing jabs at Tim. Yeah. Uh, all through this thing about like, oh, you got to... You Tim says, oh, yeah, I got a fan. And Jill's like, oh, you got a fan finally. Oh, good, at long last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Marie chimes in as well and they, they yeah. spar and the way that... You know, Karen would. But Jill is basically insistent that, oh, this is a prank. You're pranking me to open yeah, this right. thing. And then when Tim opens it and finds that it's actually full of delicious cookies, <laughs> Jill wants some. And Tim pulls it away and says, no, because you mocked me. And then and then Marie is like, can I have some? And he says, no, because you're her friend. <laughs> I thought that was a very funny delivery. I, I liked it very much. Yeah. It, clearly, he it's like he has seen that she has taken the role of Karen and is yeah. like, I am not going to like you, even though you're not established to be a feminist. <laughs> But she is progressive. Yeah, she's, she's in all therapy. about therapy. Yeah. Talking about therapy, like she's just the therapy friend. <laughs> uh, I really do feel like that is setting up Jill's uh, trajectory. I, I think I think so too. I mean, you know, she'll have some inspirational moment for, yeah. based on this. <laughs> uh, so then, also, I think the so then the boys come the, in. But yeah, and Tim asks them if they've chosen what they're going to be for Halloween, and they have. And what are they going to be? They're going to be the Three Stooges. And Jill cannot figure out why. She's like, why do I dress up like the Three Stooges? They're brutes. They run around hitting each other. Oh, I just figured it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Tim is ecstatic about this oh idea. Oh, my God. So it's, it's like finally his kids have stepped into the the first stage of Tim Timdom. Yes. I mean, I think they're all pretty close. They've all got at least a few toes in Timdom That's fair. already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say I think that television vastly... Um, 
over overplays the popularity of the Three Stooges. Like I feel like like Jerry Seinfeld is a huge Three Stooges fan. Yeah. Tim is a huge Three Stooges fan. I'm also gonna say that uh, I do think it was an era uh, a, a thing of the time. Yeah, because. Um, how often do you hear about people talking about I Love Lucy nowadays? Yeah, true. Now, I grew up when, like, Nick at Night became TV Land. It, oh, it, yeah. TV Land wasn't in its own channel at the time. So Nickelodeon turned into Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to see, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark? But then that would transition into I Love Lucy, into uh, My Three Sons, and then Alfred Hitchcock Hour, blah, 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 oh, yeah. blah. So I, I was exposed to a lot of uh, that era of stuff at that time. Which you just don't get nowadays. Now, yeah. kids have to seek out Three Stooges, and that's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's another factor of kids these days don't just sit down and watch whatever dumb crap is on. They <laughs> look up the general genre of dumb crap they're interested in and yeah. then watch it for hours on Instagram. Exactly. And so, Oh, and, and also on Snapchat, where the shows apparently aren't two minutes long, as we said last week. They can be up to four minutes long. <laughs> that is a correction and omission sent to us by Sam Wessel of oh. the Part-Time Superhero Podcast. <laughs> www.parttimesuperhero.org slash Sam. <laughs> uh, we make this apology under duress. <laughs> uh, and it was only German. I am not apologizing for anything. Well, I was the one who said it. <laughs> Uh, so, and, and, uh, from this, yeah. we get, well, I, I have oh, a few yeah, more things here. Oh, yeah. Uh, the kids are really bad at impressions. Oh, Them God. doing the Three Stooges bit is just awful. Well, when they do it later in the, in the episode? No, well, they like, start oh, they, doing they start, it here on the couch. As soon as oh. they say we're going to be the Three Stooges, oh. they go into the gag of smacking each other in the face and poking each other's eyes. And, yeah. uh, Tim, Tim makes it a, a, a statement about, um, you know, all the intellectuals like to... <laughs> The Stooges. Once Jill's like, God, you know, so unintelligent. And Tim's like, oh, everyone smart loves the the Stooges. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who he throws out. Einstein. Uh, Einstein. Yeah. Now, I can safely say Einstein, I I don't know about the Stooges, but he definitely was a Chaplin fan. Oh, really? Well, Charlie Chaplin is kind of the like, he was, but, but that's a different thing. Like Charlie Chaplin's comedy had a much wider range and there was more, it wasn't just dumb yucks. There's actually <laughs> yeah. like, you feel empathy for him. He had yeah. love stories that's true. and what he, not to diminish the three stooges, what they did, I, but I'm just saying Charlie Chaplin had way more kind of acrobatics to his <laughs> deal. Yeah. I'm just coming. I'm just, I'm a hardcore Charlie Chaplin defender, I guess. As am I. I, I mean, you as though he needed just look around my yeah. apartment and you can, uh, it's horror films and Charlie Chaplin. Yes, and uh, Home Improvement. And Home Improvement now. Yeah. Um, well, but I, I would I would agree though the boys the boys impression of the Stooges is so bad, and I just think that when you're not good at impressions, you shouldn't do impressions. <laughs> and in fact, Andy Rooney thinks that you know what what don't I like about people who don't don't do impressions when they can't do impressions <laughs> is that they don't humiliate themselves in front of their rather uh, uh, small podcast audience. <laughs> uh, anyway, folks, scene. Yes. Uh, this takes us into um, a, a well later scene of the the kitchen, and they do yeah they skeleton transition oh, yeah. us, and, and then we show that it's Tim hanging up a skeleton that drops down in the garage door. Yeah. But so they just transitioned from one room to the same room like ten minutes later, which <laughs> yeah. is really jarring for me. And I, I want to point out a special effect uh, that they put in here. I mean, you've got the the thing, but it's a com- the garage is completely blacked Pitch out, pitch dark, like and I didn't space. notice it in this scene, but definitely um, later when yeah. he scares himself accidentally, mm-hmm. uh, there is a a either blue or black screen behind there that they've digitally removed yeah. the the background, and you can see it around the the fringes of 
Tim's hair. Yeah, there's <laughs> there is not not a not a shred of light getting through. <laughs> um, but then the phone rings. Yes, and Tim answers the phone in the best way ever. He goes, "Yellow, happy Halloween, boo." <laughs> He's taking a he he's got like a pep in his step this week. I, yeah, well, I mean, I think everybody, I think everyone on set was just jazzed about this episode. <laughs> they were clearly having fun here. Yeah. Um, so it's a call from Rose, the secret admirer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, once she starts talking, immediately assumes this is Jill pranking him. So right. he starts, so he starts saying like, you know, oh yeah, come on, Jill, it's over with. Yeah. Oh, you're not Jill. Oh yeah, I will come over. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna. Mm, yeah, Jill's not home. She's never gonna find out. She's not even that bright. <laughs> oh, I'm. You know, he says yeah, she's pretty slow or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm slow. Yeah. Uh, as and, she appears behind him in the kitchen. Yeah, and he goes, uh, Jill, I thought you were on the phone. So he said, I'm slow, huh? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know, Tim is trying to explain, like, oh, this is Rose. It's that secret admirer. And he hands the phone to Jill, but Rose is hung up. Jill yeah. thinks that he's faking it. He, she thinks that uh, a little head's going to pop out of the phone. Yeah. The first thing I could think of is Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger's disgusting tongue coming out of the phone. That would be, I mean, I haven't <laughs> seen that, so that still sounds pretty nasty, though. Um, and would, but that'd also be a Tim thing to do. Like, Tim, we already have seen Tim fuck around at the phone and make it, like, catch on fire and shoot smoke. So I'm sure he could make a head pop out yes. of it, too. Jill blows Tim off with, yeah. with this whole thing. And so he goes outside to talk to Wilson about Establishing in Tim's mind that Jill is not Rose. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he goes outside to talk to Wilson. Here. And his big question is, how would she call me? Because I have an unlisted number. Yes. So there is... Well, we should also say that he starts this conversation being quite a big dick to Wilson. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the exact path that it goes. But he says, says something like, you know, hey, Wilson, like... Why would you, how would you call me if I didn't have a phone number? So, or like, how would you call me if you didn't know my phone number? I would ask you. Well, well, yeah, but well, let's say, let's say you didn't know me though. Then why would I want to call you? Ah, God, sometimes I wish, if there, I wish there were some other neighbors out here I could spend time with. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, I mean, come on, Tim, really, <laughs> really wish there was another neighbor. Na- well, Just because he gave you four seconds of frustration, yeah. you were giving him years of frustration. This is the guy who you woke up in the middle of the night <laughs> by throwing a ball at his house. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is this guy is responsible for your marriage lasting on a week to week basis. You don't yeah. give him lip, sir. Uh, but Tim is also eating one of the cookies from Rose's uh, tin of cookies <laughs> at this point. Yes. And Wilson starts going off about, um, you know, the the dangers of you know. Oh well, this might be an obsessed fan. Yeah. And you never know what they could do. I mean, they, sometimes they send gifts. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tim goes like, oh, like chocolate macadamia nut cookies. <laughs> yeah and wilson says oh well you know you definitely don't want to eat anything that's given to you yeah. and tim starts aptly thinking that he's uh choking to death or, or that it's burning as the poison's taking hold he spits out the cookies yeah to, which to was <laughs> raucous laughter i mean it was kind of a little funny uh the uh the note i wrote at, at, during this exchange was please tell me wilson's in on it oh yes and then yes. we cut to the bedroom mm-hmm. where um Jill is on the phone with Marie, and this is where we find out, oh, this is a prank on Tim. Yeah, she, she's having one of those phone calls that I think we've all had where we call up our friend and talk to them in detail about the thing that we've both already agreed that we're going to do, but just kind of restating all the facts <laughs> for it, as in just in case an unawares third party were there <laughs> needing to know. But, Truman, we're, we're going to talk about home improvement for another 20 minutes before we end this episode. Yes. I'm glad that we, we've had this discussion. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I I agree. And then sometime after that, maybe we'll open the windows and air out uh, this entire apartment. I say we just step outside. Yeah. Um, and do our next episode on the roof. <laughs> I would do that. Um, 
then we we cut back and forth between the bedroom and and Tim pretending he's joking with Wilson. Yeah. At a certain point, I actually thought Wilson was gonna ask Tim for the cookie to go run it in his forensics lab in his. That would make it. House. Yeah. Yeah, that would be better. I don't know why that just popped in my head. I'm like, yeah, Wilson would have a forensics lab. I would buy that if he said that. At some point, I was th- I was thinking like, uh, oh man, maybe maybe Jill like actually put something in the cookies that'll like give Tim the runs or something. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't think she'd actually poison her husband yeah right? no and yeah. that would be torture enough for her as well yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly well they do have a very large bathroom but i don't know how many <laughs> toilets there are um so anyway yeah jill reveals that she and you know that uh, maria is the voice of yeah. rose on the phone so from tim thinking he's poisoned in the backyard we get this Oh, actually, no. Well, well, this is the transition yeah. I missed. Yeah. Okay. So Jill is upstairs. Yeah. Jill is upstairs. We see Tim th- thinking he's choking more in the yard. Jill upstairs. You know, oh yeah. Wilson's in on it too. He's getting him really, really amped up. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is going to be great. I'm going to get back at him for all the pranks he's done to me. She hangs up, and we get this transition that is just like a like a ghoul, a horrifying like purpley black ghoul goes creeping across the screen and then pokes his head back in and like two other ghouls oh, I did go see running this through it and was like laugh terrifying it's like the and gift. then one pops up from the bottom of the screen doesn't yeah, it yeah. actually looks like freddy krueger mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if they bought these graphics or these animations and just like repurposed <laughs> them or if they actually had grips running around yeah. the set wrapped up in 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 shreds of clothes and uh, stuff. we need to ask jim prater someday uh who did all the transitions for the show Maybe maybe he was all four of those ghouls. Oh man, that's that's Who great knows? that you get get an opportunity to kind of leave your own mark on something. <laughs> um, but this cuts back to uh, the kitchen. Tim's sitting at the table. Yeah, uh, you know Tim. Uh, you know Maria comes in and she and Jill are working more on the on the uh, decorations and getting ready. Yeah, Tim is very much on edge about Rose and Patricia Richardson is doing I think a really good job of playing the multiple levels of this now. <laughs> yes. She's like. She's like on on the surface of like I don't know what's going on, but there's a twinkle in her eye that she yeah. does, and you know. Well, Tim Tim approach the door rings, and yeah. he walks over to the door with a bat in his hand, ready yeah. to smash the skull in of Rose. Yeah, uh, which seemed a little violent to me. This seems like a step. Yeah, yeah, this escalates pretty quickly based on one conversation with Wilson. Yeah, and then he opens the door. It turns out to be Marie. Yeah, and uh, she comes in, and says, "Hey, I've got uh, some more." jack-o'-lanterns in the backseat of my car it sends tim outside and then tim and uh jill and marie kind of have another uh where are we at with this prank conversation mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's yeah i mean really not not much happens there in this conversation except that they finish like kind of tittering and chatting about mm-hmm. about the prank they're playing they're silent for a few seconds and then Tim walks back in, and then Jill shushes Marie anyway, just like, she's back. Like, even though they weren't talking. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a point of order. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marie says that she has jack-o'-lanterns in her car. Tim does bring one jack-o'-lantern in, but the rest are pumpkins. Oh, a jack-o'-lantern is not a jack-o'-lantern until you have cut out the face of the pumpkin. Okay, that's a very good point. So what you're saying is that the props department maybe had an order to do several jack-o'-lanterns, <laughs> then we're like, yeah, they won't notice, will they? <laughs> Uh, that or Marie just doesn't know the difference between a pumpkin and a jack-o'-lantern. Maybe wherever they moved from, jack-o'-lanterns are something different. Ah, uh, maybe. Yeah, they're learning the weird Michigan traditions. <laughs> um, so Tim comes in, and they're still kind of giving him shit and ribbing him about this whole secret admirer thing he's yeah. so scared about. Tim chides them for laughing about this, like saying, like, you know, Jill, what, what, you, you know, aren't, how are you laughing about this idea that another woman is fantasizing about me? And she goes, oh, what, you think some woman wants you to come over at night with a bottle of wine and blow up her garbage disposal? <laughs> Which, 
you know, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I can't imagine a woman being into that. <laughs> Tim builds up his defenses and says, oh, nothing's going to scare me. I'm, you know, whatever. He opens the door to the garage, forgetting that he put the skeleton there. And boom, we get the uh, the bad black screen yeah. effects that I was talking about earlier. And he's so scared that he says, ah, that unkinked my colon. <laughs> Again, guts. Um, so. Oh, God. We go to a Tool Time episode oh, man. in which I have so many questions about yeah this is the first this is really the first time that uh, that they use this is the first time they use tool time as like it's not just like oh it's a skit with the idea that they're both on set performing where it's Mm -hmm. actually tim goes out does a little something and then runs backstage Mm -hmm. like the it's like the production is more on display here than before um, but yes, they, you know, before the show, he's asking Al, like, are oh, you see any women any, in the audience? You know, I don't see any women out there. And then they go out and the audience is basically all women. <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're skipping a few things. In oh. that. Well, we're backstage oh. where they're having this conversation. Al aptly says, you know, I, oh, I didn't check to see the audience today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get a little bit of a sense, oh, maybe he's in on it. Um, and Tim's getting a little freaked out. Heidi uh, says, uh, you know, oh, hey, guys, you're on. And mm. she gives a introduction to the show, oh, completely yeah. doing away with the, does everybody know what time it is? It's like, do we have to change our thing now? <laughs> I hope not. It's, uh, do, you, do you want to do it or should I? Um, well, you, <laughs> here's the thing. You said that, uh, oh, she added some uh, some secret sauce to her intro. Yes. Uh, that's what you said when we were sitting on the couch. And I'm like, well, who are we to judge? I mean, <laughs> we, we. We give some very weird intros to the show. <laughs> I, okay, I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. Uh, well, she says, hey, you know, be, give a big warm welcome for the two guys who aren't fools when it comes to tools. Because this show cannot get enough of the fact that tool and fool rhyme. Like, I sometimes oh, man. I sometimes wonder who the first rapper was to figure out that Prada rhymed with Nada. And that the two, the two meant, like... They, they had the connotations of the things were like on opposite ends of the spectrum and who like first made that connection than everyone has. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I feel like this is along those same lines. Sure. Tools yeah. and fools. Yeah. It's common, common gold. Yes. Um, and then Tim aptly walks out to see the entire audience is filled with women uh, because it's the Michigan uh, uh, Sharpshooters Club. Uh, Michigan uh, Women's Sharpshooters Club. Yes. Which, I mean, so a whole lot of militia members, most likely. <laughs> they've, they've also brought a banner that a bunch of them are holding up yep. in the front. Uh, yeah, and so Tim sees this and is super scared. As they start talking or as yeah. they start doing the show, he's standing behind Al as Introducing much as him as Al the Bullseye, born yeah. <laughs> And um, that there's something, something one of them says, I, this is very tenuous, but something one of them said as they're starting, I think it was Al, as he says, you know, tool time isn't just about home improvement. And I was, hey, that's the name of the show. <laughs> Neither is grunt work. <laughs> and, and home improvement isn't just about tool time. There you go. Yeah, we covered all our bases. <laughs> Glad I talked about it. Uh, um, so, Tim... They're insulating windows yeah. is the project on today's tool time, which never comes to fruition. No, it certainly does not. Tim, Tim freaks out. I'm doing the, jazz, the Nick Cage jazz hands again. He freaks out! <laughs> and uh, decides to... End the episode and just runs off stage behind the scenes. Yeah. Puts on headphones and is talking to the cameraman who he has asked to point the camera at the audience so he can watch them on the monitor. Also, the audience can watch the monitor, which is off to the side of the set, so they can see themselves on TV. And they can watch the cameraman panning back and forth (laughs) over them 
Like, you know, the, the I feel bad, really, for the Detroit Female Sharpshooters Club, because those ladies yeah. deserved a much better day of television than what they got. Exactly, because then Al follows him off stage back in the background and going, what's going on? What are we? How, you were never going to finish this project. Yeah. And he, he says, why do we even do projects? Why do we even have a show? Asking the questions we all want to know. He's, he's giving voice to the podcast hosts at long last. And then I thought they would head back out. Do they? No. No, they don't. No, they don't. And this is where, in my notes, I start typing this note. What the fuck is happening on air? Yeah. What the fuck is happening on air? Like, Mr. Binford dies and the whole show goes to shit. (laughs) Maureen must still be grieving or sitting Shiva or something. There's just an entire audience and TV at home audience just watching... And a window on a set. Yeah, the, literally, the, the, the air could not be more dead unless the sharpshooters started shooting at it. <laughs> a lot of, and also the fact that Al and Heidi don't really give a shit either, because once <laughs> right. Tim, Tim wanders off screen, uh, Heidi like turns to Al and goes like, "Oh, well, okay, they've shown, they've given, they they show Tim that there's a new thing that's been left for him." Right. I well, Heidi, Heidi yeah. follows Al back there and hands yeah. him a rose and yeah. a letter, and Tim's like, "Get rid of it. I don't want to see it." Yeah. And Al's like, "You got to at least read it." And he opens it up, and it, this is where we learn, "Hey, I'm in the front row yeah. of Tool Time today, uh, and I will be at your party tonight." Yeah. And if you don't return my affections, you'll be sorry. Um. And then Tim looks out at the set to see a woman from behind getting up and walking away, but he yeah. can't see her face. Ah. <clears throat> uh, so Tim walks away, and then Heidi turns to Al and says something like, Al, is, isn't it just mean what we're doing to him? <laughs> and Al just smiles and goes, yeah. Something very satisfying about mm. that. Oh yeah. Well, this really, this really is the entire show getting revenge on Tim. Like yeah. everybody else getting revenge on Tim. Absolutely. Yeah. So this, and then it, this transitions into the moment we've all been waiting for: the Halloween party. Yep. Uh, the the full blown costumes. Uh, we are seeing angles and walls and sides of this house we've never <laughs> seen before. Like the like the camera goes in through the front door again. First scene in Boogie Nights, so you go into the nightclub and around the dance floor. It's that. Yeah. We start at the front door following some ghoulish woman inside. Now, dude, there was a callback here that blew my freaking mind. I missed this. The woman who walks in yes. and says hello to Al, who's yeah, in who a that? full gorilla suit. Al says, oh, hello, Cheryl. Do you remember who Cheryl is? Cheryl. Cheryl is the woman... Who sits next to Jill at Inside Detroit Magazine, who set him up with Irene, who he proposed to. Landon, how do you remember these things? (laughs) Like, the callback is kind of insane. What's more insane is that you caught it, though. Like, like the people who make the show have, like, binders full of all this information. You're just operating out of your apartment. I've got a mind palace, just like Sherlock. I guess you you do, man. (laughs) Oh, well, hopefully the mind palace has air conditioning. Uh, Air conditioning and a lot of useless trivia. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's most of the rooms. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, so she comes in, and uh, I I have to say... Thus begins our crazy uh, camera moves. Yeah, at this point, we are in, like, a bizarre fever dream where nothing like this is the extent that this prank that they've orchestrated i think now is the time to talk about this yes. prank that jill is, is yeah, yeah yeah this is the oceans 11 <laughs> of pranks yes it's like 
every every minute of the, this entire prank that they're doing requires every like a perfect clockwork mechanism. Everyone in the right place at the right time. <laughs> you must expect a little yeah. less conversation to be playing in the background throughout, just on loop. But so yeah, they've. they've there's just everyone at the party is in on this down to the down to the costumes they've chosen down to the fact that everybody there is dressed as a zombie to symbolize death down to the fact <laughs> yeah. that also once it, like once again Tim and Tim and Jill are so excited about Halloween that they have orchestrated this enormous enormous Halloween party all these decorations all these guts and stuff and they have left their costumes they don't. They didn't know what they were going to dress up as. Jill just went to the Halloween store the day of and said, "Oh, these are the only two things left: <laughs> a a corpse and a widow yeah. costume." So again, like, how many times have you gone to the Halloween store on Halloween and let them decide what your costume is going to be based <laughs> on their supply? Uh, I used to work in a Halloween store. Um, Did a lot of people come in like that? <laughs> Surprise a lot of me, people. So. You'd be surprised. A lot of people. I mean, I wouldn't. It doesn't mesh with the tailors who love Halloween and seem to put a lot of effort into it. Yeah. Uh, there were people that would come in and go, "I have to go to a goddamn Halloween party. Uh, I don't give a shit about dressing up. What do you have in my size? Dealer's choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How about?" Doctor Cool. Yeah. <laughs> doctor Cool? Who's that? <laughs> doctor Cool. It's it's a doctor outfit with sunglasses. Oh, okay. That's that's pretty easy to do. If you give me a lab coat, I could do that on my own. And there's a little notepad of one-liners so that you could put the sunglasses on after you say them. Uh, that's cool. Or is there a prescription pad of cool things to do? Like, <laughs> learn to skateboard. Drink Surge. <laughs> that would be it. It's his, He writes prescriptions that are actually just coupons for free pods. <laughs> um... So, yeah, Tim is kind of just wandering around, reacting to people, mm-hmm. bumping into people. Al is dressed as a gorilla at the front door with a with a bat. Uh, the... I, we got to point out, it's only taken five, uh, five or six episodes here. This is episode six. Yeah. Before Heidi gets to appear in the Taylor house. Yeah, I know. Lisa never did. Le- there, was, there was no indication that Lisa was around, allowed to be around the kids. But yeah. Heidi is just, they are dressed as... I, weird... I had a question about all. Of it. So okay, uh, where where's my notes here about who's what? Uh, Jill is a witch or widow. Mm. Uh, I couldn't quite place it. She's just got like oh, a black wig. Yeah, and, she's just a witch. Yeah, like um, her, Tim is her dead husband. Tim, oh, is that what I miss? I must have missed that connection. Again, again, this is part of the Ocean's Eleven. Like this is the, what one of the members of the crew orchestrated <laughs> was was costumes that would make Tim think about being dead. <laughs> got it. Uh, Marie is there without Joe. Yeah, uh, he's gone. I guess still. Uh, she shows up as uh, Bo Peep. Yes, which maybe uh, a tip of the hat to Toy Story. Maybe a tip of the hat to Toy Story, or just a, t- a tip of the hat to someone who watches over animals that will eventually be slaughtered, much <laughs> like her husband. Yeah, uh, Wilson is there as the Phantom of the Opera. So you see the bottom of his face, but yeah. not the top. But not even the full bottom, because he has uh, prosthetics over his lips. Oh yeah. Presumably, we've never seen his lips before. Maybe he does have just a malformed jaw you want to know how he got those scars <laughs> another bad impression from truman kind of sounds like nicholas cage doesn't it that's what i thought you were doing <laughs> oh yeah no i was trying to do keith ledger <laughs> <laughs> but but maybe i was doing nicholas cage as Heath Ledger. oh my god we have to see nicholas cage as the joker nicholas cage would do it too if you paid him if you paid him enough to help him pay off his <laughs> castle debts and his poorly sourced mongolian fossil debt dc if you're listening forget jared leto I, 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 the tattooed version of this, this all ghetto Joker. If you really want to save the DCU, Nick Cage, and the Dark Knight Returns. The, the, listen, listen, DC. 
your franchise is clearly going to be nothing but a super expensive boondoggle that is a laughing stock <laughs> of the film industry for generations. So why not just go all the way and just just put Nicolas Cage? People are gonna like he'll break box office records <laughs> with a Nicolas Cage is the Joker movie. I yes. will see that a million times. <laughs> it is the only one. Like you could even if the next Wonder Woman movie is good, I probably won't see it in theaters. But Nicolas Cage is the Joker. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, likewise. and I, But I'll extend that only not because I don't give a shit about Wonder Woman. It's because I don't give a shit about all of the DC movies. Yeah, they're just not really great movies. Yeah. Although, honestly, Wonder Woman being set in the 80s, that is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I, I guess and watching... half of Wonder Woman was fun. Yes. The first one. Yeah. But this isn't the DC podcast. No, it's not. We're, we are God. so close and we are just wasting people's time uh, here at the end. What is Heidi as... <laughs> What's her costume? That was the question yeah. that led us into this. Um, I was writing down a bunch of things. She almost looks like uh, Daryl Hannah in Blade Runner. True. Uh, yeah. Only not blonde. I have to imagine she's just some sort of like dead punk rocker. Yeah, sexy, sexy dead chick, basically. Yeah. Uh, the kids come out as the Three Stooges. They Boy. do. They do their hello, 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 <laughs> hello bit. Still funnier on MST3K. Oh, Landon, you, the comment I was going to make, yes. For me, I know it's a Three Stooges bit, but for me, it's always actually a Mystery Science Theater 2000 bit. Uh, so, yeah, they come out, but they're all Mo. They're all Mo. They haven't dressed as anything else. Uh, and then they start doing a comedy bit, and I, it was so bad, Landon, I didn't watch it. I looked at your ceiling... <laughs> You were just embarrassed for the kids? I was I was in protest. Like, again, to bring it back to Mystery Science Theater, there's one episode where the credits for the movie is super long at the beginning, and Crow just goes, I'm just going to ignore this credit. I'm just not going to look at it. And, he's look, and I was just like, I saw what they were doing. It was like, these kids clearly have not watched Three Stooges. Like, they're not, like, they're, they're clearly yeah. playing out adults' fantasies. Yes. And that felt so creepy and cringy. Like, they were shown one clip right before they were supposed to do the yeah. the bit. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like the actors themselves were really fans of it, yeah. not that you would expect these kids to be. And also, it's just, I, I just don't like the Three Stooges enough to enjoy this bit anyway. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, if there were three Charlie Chaplins, then we'd have something. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so they... Or a Chaplin... A Keaton and a Lloyd. Oh, that would be good. All competing, dangling off the side of the house or something. <laughs> Do it. They, yeah, they've got. They're, he's dangling off the side of the house, and then the the front facade of the house falls because yes. of the weight, and it goes over Buster Keaton, and then uh, Charlie Chaplin walks off into the sunset with the girl. Yeah, and, or he's he's got a couple of a uh, couple of little forks uh, stuck into the uh, plastic fake guts, and he's dancing around like little feet on the countertop there. Yeah. So uh, then. Then Wilson approaches Tim with a rose, says, uh, you know, oh, neighbor, a woman, a woman uh, gave this to me to give to you. And Tim goes, it's a rose. And Wilson goes, that was my first reaction. <laughs> uh, also, do you think there's an inside joke there of the Phantom of the Opera handing over a rose? Maybe. The music that is playing in the background is, the like, it sounds Phantom of the Opera. It's... <laughs> Uh, so I, I don't know, maybe it was an in-joke. I mean, I, I would honestly think they would do, if they were going to do any theater reference, it'd be Madame Butterfly. But, uh, <laughs> You're right. Um, so then Tim spots a lady in red. Yeah. Lady he, he in red. <laughs> sees her across the room. Uh, uh, and he immediately goes over to Jill. Yeah. This... And rationale prevails here. Tim's like, I'm going to call the police. Yeah. It's like, of course. Yeah. That's what you do. Makes sense. Yeah. So he goes to, so does he go to the phone that's right by them downstairs? No, he goes upstairs. Well, Jill... 
guides him up there. True. Okay. Yes. And and again, the Ocean's Eleven plan, everything works out perfectly as intended. <laughs> so Tim goes upstairs to call the police. Uh, dials the operator, asks for the number for nine one one. And yeah, that was uh, a bad joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even for for Tim. Tim, Allen. who has clearly had to call nine one one for himself so many times. <laughs> yeah, right. He um, the operator would know his name. Yeah, <laughs> know his voice by now. Oh, Tim, we'll put you right there. Oh, you don't need an ambulance. You need the Hello, cops operator. This time? Okay, we're connecting to nine one one. Yeah, Norm. <laughs> um, so so there's a knock at the door. Oh, it's Rose. Tim, let me in. And uh, basically, he goes to guard the door and is ready to smack someone. But Rose comes in from behind him, dressed all in red with a red veil blocking her face. And then Tim turns to her and. <laughs> it's al oh it's al oh what jokes what japes what shenanigans what tomfoolery (laughs) and then everyone runs in and the lights go up and (laughs) i feel like they they could have made this reveal to tim a little more effective like i don't think they stuck the landing no as with every big prank they do on this show there's a lot of really good setup but then the actual moment is just like a two second scare and then it's like (laughs) oh we had fun didn't we uh and uh, <laughs> i don't know i don't have much to say about this it didn't didn't quite pay off for me this whole like this whole rigmarole of the entire episode leading to this one moment and yeah, i mean they kind of i don't know i mean they had to end the episode somehow but. yeah it's either that or the episode just goes on forever <laughs> but uh yeah we wouldn't know anything about that no nah, no 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 we're very we're brevity is our middle name <laughs> uh but yeah and then it just yeah, it was just a huge amount of effort to put yeah. one prank on Tim. Yeah, all eight of Ocean's eight come in, and, yeah. you know, Heidi's there, obviously Al, Wilson shows up, yeah. Marie, Jill, and they all laugh at Tim. Yes, it's uh, it's a real laugh riot of a moment. Everyone's very <laughs> excited about it, and Tim is just Tim. I mean, and then, and then like, this... Well, we don't, even, we don't even really get the consequences of it. Yeah. I, like, that's the thing, is like... Tim, we get Tim's initial reaction, and then everyone comes in and goes, ah, ha, ha, we got you, and then it just cuts to commercial. We, we don't see how the famously prideful Tim reacts to being got yeah. like this. And also, I feel like just overall this isn't as fun. Like, seeing Al isn't as much of a fun shock when we know it's a prank. Yeah. Like, when we're in on that. Yeah, exactly. I think that this episode would have been better if we didn't know it was a prank, and like, <laughs> we thought it was, but everyone's just acting really strange. <laughs> That would have been better. That would have been better. Keep us in the dark uh, yes. with Tim. Yes. Give us, uh, make us empathize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, us, for for the first time it. ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this brings us to our stinger, which uh, I really like the little setup that they did here. The head comes yes. back into play. Yeah. And they've really made a good use of this thing. He has um, slit the, the top of the skull open and has filled it with ice to chill the wine. Yes. Uh, I want one of those for Halloween. Nothing better than a chilled bottle of red wine. <laughs> ice cold. Uh, yeah, so he's got that and he, you know, Jill comes in, he's, he's got a goblet full of dry ice and yeah. he says, I'm trying to put the romance back in Halloween. <laughs> Meanwhile, the worst Muzak is oh. playing during, like, I could not figure out what the choices were to, to, Play, make this music play in the background i mean it was just it's the i would hate listening to it even in an elevator yeah it's it's really bad it's the both the musical choices in this episode <laughs> pretty nasty um but yeah so they dance jill yeah. makes a joke about tim who is still in his corpse makeup being dead a stare which i thought was uh, funny yep back and, to her obsessions with uh people named fred oh true yes. although I, ginger and fred is 
a joke she's already made. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's not same. It's no more Betty and Wilma stuff. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so they dance, and then there's a couple outtakes of. Well, you you forgot the the whole crux of the the singer is uh, she goes uh, he goes to spin her, oh, and as yes. as she spins, his arm breaks off, and she you know freaks out. Yeah. And Tim is like, the king is back, baby. And like, no, that those pranks do not equate. That does not make you the king again. Because what Jill has said after they get Tim is, I am the queen of Halloween. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, I feel like this was a Tim Allen thing where it's like, I. but at the end, I have to be the winner. I have to win at the <laughs> yeah. very end. Just like, I just have to just get a win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but a a ter- torn off arm prank is not does not equate to a days long gaslight not not at all not at all this was the, you are not the king the king is not back the king is still dead long live the queen <laughs> uh forever and then we go into some outtakes where al is uh applying the the finishing to the the plank of wood and it falls off and then tim flubs a line yeah pretty pretty funny stuff <laughs> pretty funny bloops and goofs ding Yowie, yowie. <laughs> um, what I'll tell you what I did find kind of interesting is that um, last season's Halloween episode felt yeah. very much like a gothic uh, house of horrors, right? Yeah, yeah. And this one feels very much in the the style of you know uh, the Jalos or the you know um, the serial killer thrillers that yeah. you're watching, you know, through the killer POV. The calls coming from inside the house. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I do like that they've differentiated it and like just didn't try to do the same exact thing twice. Yeah, uh, it makes me very excited to see what we have in store next year. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, this episode is so cartoony, yeah. like even by home improvement standards. Yeah, that I think like if these are the biggest, most kind of outlandish episodes of each season, then it's only going to go bigger from here. <laughs> well, we do have the uh, the renovation um, episode to look forward to this oh season. Oh, my. I mean, they, it seems like they've done that in the last two seasons. There's always one big, like, the men's, or the, the big high-tech closet, or the mm-hmm. you know, whatever, and I know that he does make, like, the ultimate man's bathroom and whatever in oh. episodes, you know, seasons in the future. So we do have that episode to look forward to in this season. Excellent. Uh, still. So that's going to be pretty cartoony. Yeah, that's that, good. <laughs> good. Good. I was, I was, I was concerned the show was going to get very uh, mature and Downton Abbey ish. <laughs> oh, uh, do we go into Downton Abbey after we're done with this? Oh man, that would be, that would be a very different experience. That would. That, I think there's a little more meat to that show's bones. <laughs> uh yeah great so our episodes will be four hours yeah exactly. instead of an hour and a half but it's all going to be and it's not going to be us picking apart slapstick comedy but like whispered like parlor drama and like <laughs> oh i kind of into that idea to be perfectly honest with you um yeah i don't know do you have anything else that we didn't cover in this episode i mean i think we i think we hit it pretty thoroughly and anything that i that that maybe we didn't cover i have forgotten because my brain is sweating out <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it, but it is coming out of your ears. I, I know. Thank you, man. I'm trying to be <laughs> modest about it. Landon, did someone yeah. ask us a question this week? We do have a listener question. Uh, we we put this out into the world, and we have gotten a response. We've got questions uh, coming from you guys for the next couple episodes, but keep them coming. This is something that, uh, I mean, this question really sets the high standard for oh, questions. It cuts to the core yeah. of, of us. Yeah. So this question comes from uh, our friend John Smythe. Smith. Ha. Yeah. It is Smith. He did clarify, and I will never call him John Smith Smythe again. Well, it is you, John Smith. Do you, will you call him John Smythe Smith, though? 
like you'll swap Maybe. the order. Uh, I, I can't make any promises. Who knows where the, the delirium of summer is going to take us. But yeah. uh, you can find him uh, at Mr. Lizard Kings on Twitter. Kings with a Z. Did I enunciate that to uh, get that out? It sounds good. I'll, I'll amp it up in post. Great. Uh, his question is, it's a two-parter. Oh, my. <clears throat> if you can get three minutes with uh, three minutes at the fence with Wilson, what three things would you like to know about him? And what advice would you ask him about your life issues right now? That's good. Holy that's good. cow! That's 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 a, a that's a loaded that's a uh, loaded baked potato. It is a, <laughs> but again, we're talking about the steak. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a that there is a, there is a lot there. There is a lot to both pack and unpack. Yeah. Uh, do, I mean, how do we want to do this? Do we want to trade off on which questions we'd ask? Do we want? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I don't. We're not going to get the answers to these questions. True. <laughs> so, uh, you you say your three questions. I'll say mine, and then we'll go on to our life issues. Okay. Uh, well, I would ask him first. Are you Canadian? <laughs> Are you actually Canadian? I just want confirmation. Show me your passport. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Whip it out. I, I just don't know. I'm, I. Anyway, if, if the yeah. answer to that. So my next one is conditional. Oh, okay. If the answer is no, then why is your mom Canadian? What's the story there? Like, did she come to the U.S. Mm. marry an American dude? Have you here? Your dad died. She moved back to the Yukon. You stayed in Michigan. I mean, maybe. I don't want to answer the question for him. (laughs) Um, Could be that his dad was an ambassador of Canada to the United States and was stationed here, and his mother was visiting, and he was born on U.S. soil and stayed. Or maybe it was a cross-continental... Continental? Nope. No, Canada and U.S. are on the same continent. Yeah, they, they are. It's a cross-border <laughs> cross, romance. Cross-border romance. Well, yeah. it is one of the least policed borders in the world. It so. was at the time, at least. Uh, yeah. Well, yes. Now, now you do need a passport to get into Canada uh, oh. through Michigan. At the time, you did not. You know, in Washington now, they have special driver's licenses that uh, can get you through there. Like They serve as like a oh, passport nice. just for getting into Canada. Yeah, it's pretty cool. This episode brought to you by the Washington Department of Transportation. <laughs> uh, get your learner's permits, kids, in Washington. So... Uh, so anyway, if Landon says, if Landon, if Wilson says, thank you, sir. Yeah, I know. Build a fence right, (laughs) right between us here. Uh, if, if Wilson says yes to the Canadian question, then I'm going to say, where is your accent, you hoser? Because I mean, I haven't heard a single trace of it from Uh him. And then, uh, third question, uh, what, what strain of of uh, Satan's oregano are you smoking over there? And uh, can I bogart some of it? Yeah. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to get on your level. It's definitely got to be a sativa. I would think so. Yeah. That, I mean, he's not putting himself to sleep. Oh no, 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 neighbor. No sativas <laughs> are only for bedtime. This is a light daytime yeah. high. Man, that's the spinoff. Wilson running a dispensary is. <laughs> uh, Heidi ho, neighbor, here to buy some totally legal cannabis products. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Uh, what would you, what about you? What would you ask? Here Wilson? are my three questions for him. Uh, what did you do with your life before retirement? It's a very good question. That's just a very basic one, right? You yeah. know, I think uh, at this point, I couldn't fathom a guess. I would, if pushed, if there was a gun to my head, Yo. if I well, was on a... my knees sweating with a gun pointed to my temple. There's a gun next to you and you it are is, sweating. This is an air air pellet pistol. Well, it's still pointing at me. I'm, so not po- I'm pointing at the ceiling and uh, being responsible. Okay, very good. And then I put it back in a... Uh, <laughs> In a shoebox, shoe <laughs> shoebox with a bunch of floppy disks. That's that's the proper storage. Just just <laughs> ask the NRA. It's never been loaded. Oh, good. Um, if I w- if I was pushed, I would say Wilson is ex-military. Mm-hmm. I can't. I don't know why I feel that way. There's uh, some something about the survivalism, like 
well, he feels like an ex-marine. Well, also the fact that we surprisingly find out that the sensitive Al is ex-military. Yeah, I mean, right. Maybe the military in the world of home improvement is just a much like <laughs> it's it's almost like yeah. I mean, there's there's like guns and bombs and killing people, but it's also sort of like a it's like a liberal arts school. Like they educate you <laughs> right. about all kinds of wild stuff. There's a very extensive. Uh, uh, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a humanities program, <laughs> kind of yeah. The, Mar- the Marine Corps humanities program, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the art history Sensitivity battalion debriefing. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah. big infrastructure for for making sure that they can reintegrate into the world as a sensitive, caring individual. Yeah yeah uh, yeah. You're in the interpretive dance corps for you know you, then you <laughs> then you rotate into the ballroom dancing division. Uh, I yeah. mean, it fits with Al's story certainly. <laughs> I think that would be why he joined up. Um, second question. How has all of your vast knowledge and philosophy helped you in your life, just generally? Yeah. You know, you'd think someone with that much brains would have landed somewhere a little better yeah. than, like, with all due respect to the suburbs of Michigan, but, like, <laughs> it's like he's not, like, at a think tank or something. Yeah, exactly. He's puttering around his backyard. And it seems like he could easily be in a think tank. He would, I mean, I have no question that Menzo would accept him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he maybe he's above Menza. Who knows? <laughs> there, there's, there, is a, there is a separate organization that you have to, like, it only takes the top Mensa participants. It's like Mensa's Mensa. <laughs> I guess uh, knowledge leads to enlightenment, and in, once you're enlightened, you no longer need to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. So he has no need for Mensa? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, he doesn't... I, I get the feeling that anyone that's in Mensa needs you to know they're in Mensa. I would agree. I would agree. It's like, it's anyone who takes an IQ test is taking it so they can tell people about the the number they get <laughs> except gina davis oh wait i she's in mensa oh i didn't know that good for there you go good exactly. for gina davis <laughs> she is humble she's there because she wants to be she's also i believe the the 13th top archer in america gina davis gina davis wow all that and cutthroat island still just didn't <laughs> like you'd think some of that maybe maybe it was like cut bow island or something <laughs> there you go uh third question for wilson um, why did you rest on the seventh day instead of just making the week six days and then resting on the first day of the week, uh, that began anew? That's a very good question. Also, why not just make it an eight day week and a three day weekend? How about that? Uh, <laughs> huh? um, there you go. I think that's good. I think, and that's, would... that's obviously playing for anyone that's just tuning in our theory that Wilson's God. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't touched on that one as much. It got complicated when we met his, when we met his Canadian mom. <laughs> it did. But, uh, still, still, I think worth asking. I yeah. mean, you've got three minutes with the guy. You may as well get all the big ones out. Exactly. Well, yeah. and three, three minutes is, uh, yeah, uh, a lot. It's not a lot of time to get the answers to these three things. Plus the next part of the question, which is oh, our yeah. life issue. So, yes. uh, let's go into that. What would you ask Wilson? Like you, Okay. I'm going to paint you a picture. Oh, my God. You're having a life issue. Oh, dear. And uh, all of a sudden, you're, you're distraught in the kitchen of your home, and you look out back through uh, through the, the double windows mm. of your, your living room. Yeah. And you see a, a behatted <laughs> elderly gentleman uh, in his backyard. Yeah. And you're like, I could get some life advice from this gentleman. What do you go ask him about? Uh, well... Thank you for setting it up that way. I think this makes my answer so much better. Uh, Wilson, I'm looking at, at making some changes in my bedroom. Would you recommend I go with carpet or vinyl flooring? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I'm t- I'm honestly torn yeah. on that. Like, the, cur- the carpet that I have has been there since before I moved into my apartment, yep. and it's gross, and I... 
you know, putting in new carpet would mean that I would be the first person to use it, which would mean it would be soups clean and I could yep. just walk around barefoot on it. It's much cozier. But also we live in L.A. There's a lot of dust. It's harder to clean. Maybe I want to do vinyl because I can just Swiffer that and mop it. Uh, and also there's less likelihood that bugs live in it. But it's not as good on the bare feet. That's what I was going to say. I know that you are a slipper wearer, so maybe this doesn't factor into it. But uh, in my experience, and I'm not taking on the mantle of Wilson here. It's just good old Landon speaking. No, it's just uh, your old pal Landon. No offense. I, <laughs> I would not be able to stand, even in the balmy uh, Los Angeles winters, mm-hmm. waking up on a January morning and placing my feet from my bed onto vinyl. That would be <clears throat> unpleasant. Do you say vinyl or linoleum? Uh, well, vinyl, not linoleum. Vinyl, yeah, yeah like, like you know the fake wood. Yeah, right. That sort of thing. Yeah, that's the. But thing. you're you're a slipperware, so I'm, I'm half the reason I'm a slipperware is because the the carpet in my bedroom that I've been in for <laughs> six years is so damn. Bad. Oh, so this is really a life changer because if you change the the carpet or vinyl in your room, you are also changing your footwear. And who knows where that's going to lead you? I, I know. I know. That's the, this is why I need to ask Wilson yeah, about it, man. This I is life changing. Yeah. You laughed at first. You I thought did. this was small potatoes, I did. but in fact, like the sides at a steakhouse, the potatoes are quite large uh, <laughs> and loaded. Yeah, yes. Oh, and loaded, but they're not the main event. It's about the steaks. <laughs> Landon, what would what would you? Speaking of high stakes, what would yeah. you ask uh, Wilson? My life issue at the moment. <laughs> Truman just put the the hand fence up over his face. That should be hard. Wouldn't it be more like this? Because then you got oh, each. Yeah we're, yeah, we're doing this and no one can see what the fuck we're talking about. And when we do the hand fence, also we're blocking our mouths so no one can hear what we're saying. <laughs> Truly the dumbest podcast. If that's a category for the podcast awards, vote for us there too. I'll check into that for next week. Okay, what would you ask? Um, I'm very... Uh, my issue at the moment is time management. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started a new position somewhere. Uh trying to do social media for this uh for our our fun show and reaching out to you fine folks um as well as my other projects and there are so many horror films to watch in the world oh and my God. so little time yeah how do i do it all how do i watch all of the movies and man i think i'm trying to think what wilson would tell like maybe it would be like some fact about some director who just like took a week and watched like <laughs> or like maybe it's like well well neighbor I, I don't know if the job is to improvise what Wilson would say. <laughs> I don't say. know, I, but there are no rules. We make them up here. Uh, I don't know. Probably something like, well, neighbor, Hunter S. Thompson once uh, uh, retyped the entirety of The Great Gatsby just to understand the mind mm-hmm. frame that F. Scott Fitzgerald was in when he wrote the book. So maybe, I, guess, I don't really know how that fits, uh, So I if guess. I'm gleaning your what you're, you're laying down here, if I'm inferring correctly... You're giving me permission to go remake every episode or every every installment of the Friday the Thirteenth. I, I think I think that's what Wilson would want you to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, if that's what you feel, if that's what you feel, Wilson that is what is I'm telling you in your heart. That yeah. is what I feel. Two hours into our episode, shall yeah. we? <laughs> maybe get anyhow. They, well, I do want to say thank you, John, for submitting the question. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, again, this is like above and beyond the type of question I even thought we would get. Uh, it sets the gold standard for future questions. So, if you have a question for us that you want us to answer. Home improvement related or unrelated, we will make it home improvement related. Yeah, uh, get, that's a that's a challenge for you. Get, ask us a question that we can uh, have the challenge of of wrapping it into home improvement somehow. Or ask us a home improvement related question and watch how we take four seconds to make it not about home improvement anymore. <laughs> uh, either way, we're good at we're good at get, we're good at getting from on track to off track and off track to on track. But staying on the tr- but like being on track and yeah. staying on track that is not possible. <laughs> 
Anyhow, if you want to send us a question, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at GruntWorkPod or uh, shoot us an email, which is info at GruntWorkPodcast.com. Um, okay, well then, with that, let's uh, go into the outro, which goes like this. <laughs> uh, don't forget, we can be nominated and you can nominate us. For a podcast award. Yes. Um, we, we mentioned this at the top of the show. Going to mention it again here. Flashback. <laughs> Go to podcastawards.com and uh, right there, it's pretty apparent where you need to click for everything. You sign up. Um, the whole process takes less than a minute. Choose us from the TV and film category and the people's choice. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, you can vote in other categories too if you know other podcasts that are there. Take yeah. a look around. We, we support you voting uh, for anyone and everyone. Except Everyone's the, a winner. Except in the TV and People's Choice category in which we only support you voting for Grunt Work. <laughs> Let's just be very clear. Like, I want to give people freedom, but not too much freedom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. There's got to be a checks and balances system here. Yes, exactly. God forbid one of those should be exploited. And, uh, you know, should you feel uh, extra generous, you can always uh, uh, send a tweet out that supports uh, others to vote for us uh, using the hashtag PCA. 18 yes podcast awards 2018 yes but just one and eight not two two oh one eight i think you made that very clear land hashtag pca one eight okay good good done <laughs> uh you can find all sorts of information including the show notes for today's episode on our website which is www.grantworkpodcast.com why thank you <laughs> it's me rose <laughs> oh no uh is that Wee herman for a second <laughs> Ooh, I don't know what that was. Is that, is that John Wayne Gacy for a second? <laughs> oh, the heat is getting Guys, me. we promised you this at the beginning. This is what you've been waiting for. We're at the end. Uh, on our website, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is the best way to be notified when new episodes are available. Uh, you can, um, If you enjoyed today's show, please consider giving us an iTunes rating or a review if you're very ambitious. Yeah. Uh, but just a rating even helps us. Uh, yeah, five stars is the most helpful, but it, any rating at all is really good. Absolutely. Uh, it really helps put us in the the purview of other listeners. So uh, that is a, a great way. We don't ask you for too much support. I don't think except so. Except for nominating us for a podcast award. We're not asking you for money. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, if you want to support the show, you know, this is, this is a very simple, easy way to do it. Just give us a re uh, rating and review. Um, and if you need additional incentive, remember that every time that you share us, we'll make a point of not putting a fake scary head inside the next box that you open. Uh, once again, I can't promise that cause I love pranks. Yeah, you love fake scary heads. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on all the various social media places, which is at grunt work pod. And with that, well, I've been Truman Caps. I've been Landon Solano. And if you've been listening to a podcast that's really informative and concise, then you haven't been listening to Grunt Work. Grunt Work.